Welcome to Center Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast, home to all things hockey in our great province. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Center Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Strybosch. This is our second episode of the season, and in case you missed it, on the last episode, we interviewed the CEO of Hockey Alberta, Rob Latwinski, who shared some great information on what is in store for the 2022-23 season, including some details on our topic for today's episode. Today, we're covering a topic that is certainly relevant in the game and incredibly important as well, and that is maltreatment, which is Rule 11 in the Hockey Canada Rulebook. Now, with this podcast being released on November 4th, it coincides with a new initiative that Hockey Alberta is running this year which we are calling Maltreatment Awareness Day. The significance of the day stems specifically from Rule 11.4 on discrimination. We want to use the connection to the date to build awareness about the maltreatment rule, promote educational tools and resources, and show what Hockey Alberta is doing to reduce maltreatment infractions and increase diversity. We have two guests that joined us for this episode. The first is Hockey Alberta's manager of minor hockey, Bryden Burrell. The second is Hockey Alberta's manager of officiating, Brett Kelly. Both have had a significant impact on the creation and implementation of the maltreatment rule. First, here are a few things you should know before we get to the interview. The deadline to have your coaching certifications completed is fast approaching. All head coaches are required to have all certifications completed by November 15th. There will be no clinics held after the 15th, so make sure to register now by visiting the Coaches tab on HockeyAlberta.ca or go directly to register.hockeycanada.ca slash clinics. Along with our coaching clinics, officiating clinics are beginning to wind down for the season. If you're interested in becoming an on-ice official this winter, you can head to Hockey Alberta's officiating website or register.hockeycanada.ca slash clinics. And finally, Hockey Alberta has begun sending a coaches newsletter once a month featuring drill ideas, coaching resources, and news about programs and professional development opportunities. If you would like to subscribe, please head to the Coaches tab on HockeyAlberta.ca and find Behind the Bench Newsletter under Initiatives. That's all for what you need to know, so let's go ahead and get into our interview with Brett and Bryden. Hello and welcome into the Hockey Alberta Head Office, where I'm joined by two guests today who are going to speak about Rule 11 in the Hockey Canada Rulebook, which is based around the different forms of maltreatment. Now for the introduction of our guests. So the first one is Hockey Alberta's manager of minor hockey, Bryden Burrell. Bryden was part of the work group that built this rule and is now overseeing the administration and tracking of maltreatment infractions across the province. Our other guest is Hockey Alberta's manager of officiating, Brett Kelly. Brett's going to speak about the implementation of the rule from an on-ice official's perspective and provide information on how to handle these infractions. So first off, I'll start with Bryden. Can you give us the background on how you got involved with the maltreatment work group? Sure. There was a couple of things that kind of went into it. I think first and foremost is this is an entire Hockey Alberta office. We were able to attend a virtual summit put on by McEwen University in 2020, which was the for the growth of the game addressing racism in hockey. I think from a Hockey Alberta standpoint, that was kind of the basis of really there needing to be an increased focus. And ultimately, fast forward to spring 2021 as Hockey Canada came forward and recognized kind of the change that was needed as well and put together a a national work group to look at addressing maltreatment, a tracking of it, 
There's also a second national work group that was also in charge of looking at the specific playing rule, how that was defined, and those two, two work groups ultimately worked together to, to come to the point now where nationally we are able to track all infractions, all allegations of maltreatment, discrimination. Specifically for myself, you know, part of my job has been working with the disciplinary of the game. So I think just knowing that bit of a background, it kind of was part of the reason why I was probably put forward as the member from Hockey Alberta to sit on that national work group. So once you got on the work group, what was the process that kind of took place to get to the point of landing on the criteria for the rule and then the actual implementation last season for the rule? Yeah, so when the, the work group was formed, like I said, spring 2021, it was there's some pretty tight timelines because we ultimately wanted to get things implemented for the following season. So we knew we had some tight timelines to ultimately determine where we needed to provide a report then back to Hockey Canada and the member branches for them to vote on and approve it for implementation that year. So really, there was several meetings that kind of took place over the course of a couple months amongst that group to ultimately get to the point where we are now. Really, when we were going through the process, we kind of were looking at it from the aspect of when we talk about maltreatment and discrimination in the game, there's kind of three areas or buckets, as we call them, that they ultimately will take place. The first one is on-ice infractions, the playing rule 11.4, discrimination, gross misconduct. The second would be on-ice allegations, so an alleged uh, discriminatory slur or whatnot being reported to an official that the official didn't hear. And then the third bucket we talk about is anything outside of gameplay. So if an incident occurred in a dressing room, social media and whatnot, once we kind of identified those three buckets, we went through addressing the workflows of when they first happen and are reported, how do we make sure it goes through the right process to ultimately end up with, with it at the Hockey Alberta office for tracking, reporting, investigating and whatnot. Those were kind of the main things we had to go through, find out the differences branch to branch and collectively figure out what those workflows looked like to make sure that the processes and whatnot in place would work and ultimately can make sure it gets tracked appropriately. Um, Brett, what was your introduction to this rule? And, and once a new rule gets introduced, how does that affect the officials committee and what's the process that you guys have to work with? We run the clinics every fall in primarily September and October, although they do spill into November a little bit. We got information from Hockey Canada. It's not actually a new rule. It's a new organized rule in the book, but it was in some different spots. And to be honest, Hockey Canada did a fantastic job of reorganizing it and putting it in as Rule 11. We had a PowerPoint that we went through all the clinics last fall, made sure it was communicated out and what the procedures were when these infractions were called, whether it was unsportsmanlike conduct, which is 11.1, you know, 11.2 is your disrespectful and abusive language, rude, unpleasant, inappropriate language, your 11.4 discrimination, and then 11.5 abusive officials. I left out 11.3 spitting, but we don't need to. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why that went in there, but it went in there, that, that, and that's okay. But it's nice to have it all in one particular spot in, in the rule book where we can, hey, assess these and, and, and take it from there. So you kind of just laid them out there, but there are different forms of maltreatment. So do you mind just kind of giving an overview of each individual point one, point two, that sort of thing? Sure. Like on sportsmanlike conduct, you, you run into anything that might be on sportsmanlike on the ice, right? It's kind of the catch-all. I know when I officiated, I actually used it quite a bit. If I saw 
something crazy like a player take a sip of a water bottle off the other goalie's net. Although it was kind of funny, it was kind of like, well, that's unsportsmanlike, right? You know, we're gonna we're gonna call it unsportsmanlike, right? So the other stuff, the disrespectful, unpleasant, inappropriate language can can be dealt with in a number of different ways, right? That runs a gamut, right, from being an unsportsmanlike penalty to to being a gross misconduct. And essentially a gross misconduct, more or less than anything else, is is someone making a travesty of the game. That's the best way to put it, and that's the way it's defined in the book. I can't even think of any necessary examples of it, but just when something doesn't belong in the game and someone's making a travesty of the game, that's a gross misconduct, right? And that's where the discrimination has, has fit in here. That's just something that doesn't belong in the game, and that's a travesty of the game. That's a gross misconduct, and officials are to call it as such. And, and for the most part, we have for the for the last year and a half or a year and a bit. So once you know, let's say, unfortunately, one of these things happens on the ice. What's the protocol for an on ice official making the call and tracking it after the fact? Yeah, so as officials, there's a misconception out there that sometimes that the officials deal with suspensions and stuff like that, and that's more on, on Bryden's plate. Officials are to call what the penalties are in the rule book. Right, so the official is to call the penalty, and if it's anything that's associated with a game misconduct, gross misconduct, they're to do a write-up after the game. They get out their rule book, it's usually actually on the phone now because the app is fantastic because you can search your rules right through the search app, so you can pull it out. Hey, this is under 11.4, this is under 11.2. You write down factually what happened on the ice and submit it to the league president or to the league governor, and from there, that's it. That's your, that's your duty as an official. I guess if I back up a little bit from there, thing that's a game misconduct or a gross misconduct is showing the gate. They're getting kicked out of the game, so that's part of it as well. Once it's tracked, then it kind of falls back into your right. plate, Brad. And last year, obviously, as we mentioned, was the first year that this was implemented, and there was tracking of incidents. What kind of data was tracked, first of all, and what did you learn from that from last season? As far as data that was tracked, kind of as I mentioned, is the three bucket areas we're talking about is your 11.4 discrimination, gross misconducts that are called on the ice by an official, any in-game allegations that were reported to an official, those would be reported through the Hockey Alberta office. And then any complaints outside of gameplay that dealt with kind of maltreatment and discrimination were also reported to us. Through the tracking that we found, there was over 200 incidences. We had roughly 90 suspensions that came from 11.4 gross discrimination, gross misconduct. In total, there was over over 200. If you were to combine the infractions and the allegations, we had over 200 as a branch, which frankly is 200 too many. From that, what we learned from the data was kind of twofold is through the tracking, we were able to track division of play that had happened, the type of discrimination that occurred if it was race, gender identity, sexual orientation, disability, the different types of discrimination that is out there. We are able to track that and ultimately then take that data to kind of break it down. We were able to find if there's hot areas in the province that we're seeing several more take place. The divisions of hockey, I would say for sure, U15, U18, that was where, you know, we did see quite a few from a division standpoint and ultimately from that data we're able to then take it and see what changes need to be made for future years to make sure this gets eliminated from the game that flows perfectly into my next question based on the data what changes have you implemented for this upcoming season it became apparent early on last season when the numbers were getting reported and week by week that from a hockey alberta standpoint i think we needed not necessarily a new process, but a better process to 
ultimately address and investigate any occurrence of maltreatment and discrimination in the game. From our standpoint, right from the get-go, we're thinking that for this season, the 22-23 season, that we needed a separate group that would be solely responsible for the investigation and any decision-making that came from a maltreatment infraction or allegation. So this season, we were able to appoint a maltreatment officer whose sole job will be to make decisions as it relates to infractions and allegations. And then we've also put in place four maltreatment investigators who, as their job title says, their sole job is to do the investigations required for any of the infractions or allegations. So I think by that process, by implementing this, we're able to put people who have a very good understanding of how to conduct an investigation, they're subject matter experts in the field, they have the knowledge on human rights legislation, natural justice, and creates, in a way, they're separate from Hockey Alberta and it's their sole responsibility. So by that, I think we'll be able to really crack down even more as it relates to the infractions and allegations that get reported. And then again, hit the hot spots and whatnot that we need to, to, to address it even further. Brett, I'll come back to you for a couple more questions here. As an on-ice official, is there anything that you can do and what are some things that you could do to maybe prevent maltreatment infractions from happening? Uh, good question, Kev. Not specifically. I think it's important, as I said earlier, that on-ice officials are cracking down on unsportsmanlike conduct violations immediately, right? Like that's the root cause of a lot of this stuff is some of that stuff goes on. And if it's not cracked down on right away, then it festers into, into more severe penalties, right? Not any different than the playing rules, whether it's a hook or a hold or whatever it is. So I think if officials can crack down on sportsmanlike behavior with minor penalties, that helps a ton. I would say a lot of the, the pattern stuff that kind of Bryden was talking about is probably more of a coach's department with the players all year long. Right. As an official, we get to go out there and we got our 60 minutes and that's about it. Maybe if there's a little bit of overtime, whatever. Cracking down on unsportsmanlike conduct would, would probably be that would be one way to, to prevent it. Right. I feel like a lot of these incidents happen in, in the heat of battle when emotions start to get high. So I, I guess that was kind of my train of thought for how officials can kind of maintain the balance amongst the teams and that sort of thing. So, Kevin, you say that like emotion is one of the best parts of our game, right? In any game. We, when we do the clinics, I try to explain to the young officials how to officiate a hockey game. It's kind of like holding an egg. Like we don't want to hold it so we, you know, we lose it, right? And we don't want to grip it too tight so we end up with yolk all over our hands. It's kind of a delicate balance because that emotion is such an important and vital part of our game that you see the passion of hockey players out there. I think it, there is even a section in the rule book where we don't want to you know, penalize overzealous celebration of, of a, a very important goal or anything like that. It's a, it's a delicate balance for sure. And this one, I kind of just want to get your opinion on because you wear a lot of different hats in the game of hockey. Obviously, working with Hockey Alberta, you've been an on-ice official, you've been a coach in Innisfail minor hockey, and obviously just a hockey dad. So for you, uh, what's your opinion on how important is this work that's being done on maltreatment and how important is that to the game? It's really important, Kevin, because I think Hockey Alberta has really been a leader in the maltreatment thing, thanks to Bryden and, and a lot of the stuff that he's put in place. But it's important that we get over this hump and that this comes out of our game, right? That we get back and hopefully we don't need a maltreatment officer in a few years because there isn't any, you know, there isn't any penalties anymore. That's where I hope we really get to because it's, it, as I said earlier, hockey players are so good now. It doesn't matter where you look at. I think of my kids and think of, holy smokes, they're, 
fantastic hockey players. And I'm like, they, like I couldn't catch them when I was at my fastest. Now, I know I couldn't, right? I, I don't tell them that, but I, but I couldn't do it. This stuff has no place in our game. It really doesn't. And it needs to leave the game. I think that's when we're putting this stuff forward. And it's maybe a little bit of a short-term pain for a long-term gain kind of thing. But it, it's important that it leaves our game and, and, and we move on and get back to playing hockey and discussing other things like seeing Connor McDavid in it. and I'm a Flames fan so it, it pains me a little bit but but he falls down in a drill or something like that and gets up and he's still going faster than everyone on the ice. Stuff like that is is, is pretty neat. Brighton, I just wanted to give you the chance if, if you had anything else to add or kind of the same question I asked Brett. I would just echo everything Brett's kind of said is there's no place at all in the game for any maltreatment or discrimination and it's our job as the provincial branch, you know, working with Hockey Canada to make sure that we do everything in our power to make sure that this is eliminated completely from the game. I think that's a good place to end on here. So I just want to say thank you to both of you for taking some time out of your day to day to speak about this. Obviously, it's it's very relevant and important in our game right now. I think it's important to spread awareness and and bring it to light amongst people in our province anyway. So thank you to both of you. And hopefully we can enjoy this 22-23 season with less maltreatment infractions. Thanks for having us. Thanks, I'd like to say a very special thank you to both Brett and Bryden for taking some time out of their day to chat on an important issue and share the information that they have about maltreatment. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you to everyone out there who is listening. We'll be back with a new episode in December. Until then, I hope the hockey season is treating you well. Thank you for listening to the Center Ice Podcast. For this episode and more, head to HockeyAlberta.ca. If there's a topic you'd like covered on an upcoming episode, email info at HockeyAlberta.ca.